Hi everyone, my name is Selena Riverneider, and welcome to my podcast, Marked as Red. This is part two of my review on A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara, and before I begin, I just want to caution some of my listeners that I do mention some pretty heavy topics. I don't go into detail. Um, I'm really not here to talk about all the difficult things that each of the characters went through, and I'm more so going to focus on my thoughts on the book and how effective the author's writing was. But if you are worried about running across any topics that might be troubling for you, either in this podcast or if you do decide to read this book, I highly recommend that you look up different reviews. Um, There are plenty of reviews on Goodreads and other websites that go into detail about all the topics that are covered in this book. So, let's get into this. Um... I really do want to be procrastinating this. Um, so how is everyone's week? Uh, did you did you get tested for COVID this week by UMass people? Because I did, actually twice, on uh, on Tuesday and also Thursday. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I I didn't make awkward eye contact with the person behind the plexiglass this time while I was swabbing my own nose. So, so that was fun. Um, what, what, what about you guys? Have you come up with the, you know, the best method for swabbing your own nose yet? Or are we still working on that? Um, it was, uh, it was really nice weather this week. Beautiful, sunny, really did not match the mood of the book that I was reading. Um, I think I just have to do it. I think I just have to start talking about this. And I don't want to. So the fact that I've opened up a new audio recording, I have a microphone in front of me, and I don't want to talk should tell you a lot about the contents of this book. Um, So, for part two, I read, uh, let's see, about like 500 or so pages. Um, So, I read the parts four through seven. which are titled The Axiom of Equality, The Happy Years, Dear Comrade, and Lispenard Street. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, the, the part titled The Happy Years, believe it or not, I don't know what about them is happy. Why would they call it The Happy Years if that, for whatever reason, was the most difficult part of the book for me? I... <sighs> Okay, all right, all right. Let's talk about it. So, as the book goes on, as it goes further in books four and onward, it becomes more and more about 
Jude than the other characters. And at that point, when we are reading a section that is from another character's point of view, it is actually mostly centered around their relationship with Jude and their thoughts on Jude. And really the reason for this, um, what I think, is Jude is sort of the glue that is holding these adult friendships together because at this point in the novel, uh, all the the characters, so Willem, Jude, Malcolm, and JB, they are all well out of college. They have their own jobs, their own lives. They're starting to become, I guess, like quote-unquote real adults. And the people around them are kind of starting to criticize like, you're in your late 30s and you're not married yet and you're all just friends with these other guys like it's very uh people are very much implying that their relationship is adolescent um which that in and of itself like there that could be really a topic of the book that I would prefer to focus on but it really isn't like the main focus of the book is that friendships shouldn't really be considered an adolescent thing you need friendships at all points in your life um but unfortunately I don't really I think that is one focus of the book but I don't believe it is the focus of the book um so you know as these characters are aging and they're building on their careers at varying degrees of success I kind of felt myself getting more and more pushed out of the novel and out of the story. And it wasn't because I didn't care about it. It wasn't because I didn't care about the characters, especially because it is really a character-driven story. I am invested in these characters, and I feel like I know so much about them that there's no way that I could be not invested in them. Uh... But I guess the problem that I ran into was, you know, I'm 20 years old. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years old. And after, you know, a certain point in the novel, these characters are in their late 30s, their 40s, even their 50s. And... I understand in the grand scheme of things and, you know, the grand scheme of life, that isn't actually that old. But to a 20-year-old, that's, like, unfathomable. Like, I cannot imagine myself being 40. (laughs) So I think I might actually have to reread this book later in life after I've graduated college and, you know, gotten an actual job and, you know, maybe a house. Like, that stuff all just seems so far away and foreign to me that I found myself, like, unable to relate to these characters, um, which was difficult because in the beginning, in the first few parts, you know, they were fresh out of college, and a lot of it was them reminiscing on their college years, and so while that was slightly more difficult for me to relate to because I'm kind of just right in the middle of my time in college, I could imagine myself a couple years out of college and sort of like reminiscing on those times uh but when it comes to like you know 
they're debating getting married, they're debating, you know, where they want to build a house. That just seems so far away to me, even though, again, in the grand scheme of things, 30, 40, it's not that old, but that's literally, 40 is double my age. I can't even wrap my head around that. So that was one problem that I had. And I think, I think that kind of didn't set me up for success uh, when it comes to liking the second half of this book. The first half, I felt it started slow, but then once it picked up, I really, I really was invested in the characters and I wanted to see what happened. I was motivated to keep reading, so no major complaints there other than the slow start. Now, when it comes to the second part, I still, I mean, and I've been thinking about this all week, like how I was going to go about it, how I was going to say how I feel, and I don't think I know how I feel about this book yet. Uh, I wish I could give you a more concrete answer, and I will try to explain myself there. So, there's my one complaint. I got pushed out of the book because I, I can't relate to... Wow, this sounds really strange. I can't relate to being that old. Um, and then I think what happened is the conflict, like the central conflict, which is, uh, from my understanding, it's the relationship between these characters and a lot of the internal conflict that Jude faces because of his past. So he had a very troubled past, and that's not where I'm going to go into a ton of detail because that is the more graphic stuff I just don't want to particularly so you know you don't really have to worry about that there and if you're thinking of reading the book that is what I personally would consider you know a spoiler so don't worry but basically Jude's friends Willem in particular who's closest with him are constantly just trying to figure out what happened to Jude why is he so troubled and why does he struggle so much they don't even really know why so jude has um problems with his legs he's in and out of a wheelchair by the uh end of the novel he's almost permanently in a wheelchair and he hasn't even told them how he's ended up with his legs in the state that they're in and he also you know, is struggling an immense deal with his mental health, but refuses to go and see a therapist, refuses really to get treatment. The only person that he trusts is his, is his doctor, Andy, who he has been seeing since he was like in college. So for literally for decades. And he will not tell his friends what is actually going on with him. And at one point, his mental health is so bad, uh, he ends up being hospitalized. And even then, he will not go into detail about what happens. And, you know, the reader is aware, more or less, of what happened. We get sort of these flashbacks to Jude's childhood 
And some things are left unsaid, but not a lot, honestly, is left unsaid. Not a lot is left to the imagination. Hanya Yanagahara did not pull any punches in that sense. And that is mostly what I have the mixed feelings about. On one hand, I can appreciate that because I know that Hanya Yanagahara did not come up with these traumatic events out of nowhere. She didn't invent them. These are real things that happen to real people. But I don't think I understand the choice of her as the author to have so many horrible things happen to just one of the characters. Um, not that the other characters didn't have their own struggles or their own issues in their childhood, but it was like every horrible thing imaginable that could happen to a child happened to Jude. It got to the point where it wasn't, it didn't have as much emotional value because you were already expecting the worst as the reader every time Jude started, you know, finally, he did finally open up about his past to Willem because, uh, now this is a spoiler, they did eventually become involved in a romantic relationship and eventually Jude opened up to Willem, but that took, I'm not exaggerating, decades. And, you know, that tension of will he or won't he open up to at least Willem, or maybe Andy, his doctor, continues on throughout the whole novel. And I have to say, in the beginning, it was a much more agreeable tension for me. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's kind of an oxymoron, agreeable tension, but it made more sense plot-wise, and also character development-wise, for that tension to be there in the beginning of the novel. But then it just continued on and on and on. And I understand that is realistic. There are people who go through terrible things and never talk about it, ever, in their life. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like I'm criticizing people for not opening up about difficult things that have happened to them. Um, but I, I, so when I'm talking about this, I am talking about specifically the author's choice in this novel. And it got to the point where it was almost like a crutch because the, just the same problems kept recurring. You know, Jude would have um, extreme difficulty with his mental health uh, to the point where he was almost unable to take care of himself as a grown adult. Um who is obviously trying his best to take care of himself. And then normally Willem or Jude's uh, adoptive parents, Harold and Julia, would kind of try to come to the rescue and he would refuse to open up to them. And there would be this tension because they were trying to help him, but they didn't know how to help him. And he was just so closed off. And it just... It was emotional the first few times for me, 
But then after that, it just felt tiring. And I, I don't know if that's what the author was going for, because if it was, then mission accomplished, because this was a tiring book to read after the second half. But part of me also thinks, was this just a crutch? It felt like I was reliving the same story over and over and over again, which is oftentimes what actually happens to people in real life if they, you know, have, you know, the awful kind of experiences that Jude has in his childhood, they might just keep reliving them for the rest of their life. So I understand it's not necessarily unrealistic. And if that is what Yanagihara is trying to get across, she did, but on the other hand, maybe she didn't. And this is so difficult for me to figure out. I can't tell if it was effective or not because it was almost too much. It would push me out of the novel at times because it did feel repetitive. It did make me question, you know, why why is Yanagahara doing this? What is the actual objective of this? And I think part of the problem there, for me personally, is the language did border on pretentious for most of the novel, and then for some of the novel was just downright pretentious. Uh, there were a couple of sections where I completely understood the language being there and being as dense as it was because it created, you know, this beautiful imagery and this beautiful narrative and really also drove the emotional point home. That was something that, you know, I wasn't really prepared for. It would be in this, um, you know, intense moment talking about Jude's past and the writing would become slightly more simple uh, which to me made sense because it was like Jude was just recalling what had happened to him in a very like survivalist way and along with that the uh, the language simplified but then it would switch into this very um, you know artistic descriptive, um, almost introspective kind of language. And instead of going, you know, into this very intense, very specific small moment in Jude's life, it would then just open up into this like, larger commentary on life and aging and relationships and, you know, the experiences that we have as people and how they shape us. That was what always got me because I was almost never prepared for that to happen. I would be so into that one small moment thinking to myself, you know, how how could this happen? How could this keep happening to one person? Uh, and I would be so invested in hearing this story and it would set me up perfectly for it to open up like that and for me to just be completely like steamrollered. And I mean that in the best way possible, but steamrollered by this revelation about life that any of the characters were having at that time. So that was when the language worked for me. There were times where the novel, instead of focusing on the characters, actually needed 
to focus on the plot. Like, there was a plot. It just wasn't very plot-driven as a whole. So, there were times where, in the novel, it was important for the author to get across, you know, quite literally, what was happening. Chronologically, what happened. Or if, at any point in the novel, time sort of jumped ahead, then in the following chapter, it would switch to a different character's point of view, and they would be recounting what had happened. So it's, it's something that you see in a lot of novels. It's pretty typical. But what Yanagahara did, and I could just never, I, I genuinely don't understand that. That isn't even me saying I just haven't figured it out yet. I genuinely don't understand. What Yanagahara would do is switch to a point of view of a character that often we didn't hear from. For example, like Harold, who's certainly an important character in the novel, but he isn't normally the one telling the story. So we would be hearing from Harold. Often it would sort of sound like a letter that he was writing to one of the other characters. We did hear from a lot. For example, Willem. Uh, So in one scenario, uh, something happened with Jude and... Harold was then recounting what had happened in a letter to Willem. Now, we as the readers had some sort of an idea what had happened, because the previous chapter had been told from Jude's point of view, but obviously because he was the one experiencing the uh, event... Okay, I'll just go. He When he was hospitalized, basically. So obviously, someone who's being hospitalized is not a reliable narrator. So it makes sense that the point of view had to switch for the following chapter and somebody had to go back and explain what happened. What drove me up the wall was the fact that it was recounted in the most difficult, dense way possible. I could, (laughs) I just ended up skipping large sections of the chapter because it would just be impossible to figure out what was going on. And I wanted to know what was going on. Yanagahara did an excellent job of building up the suspense and getting the readers invested in the characters. So you wanted to know what happened to them, but you couldn't follow it. You couldn't figure it out after the fact. The other thing that I didn't like is the point of view changes weren't super clear. Like in that example, it I spent most of the time reading that chapter trying to figure out who the speaker was, who the narrator was. It was Harold and I figured that out at the end, but I don't even think I appreciated the first about third of the chapter because I was just skipping ahead trying to figure out who was speaking. And I understand that could just be, like, a personal flaw of mine. I don't like being left in the dark with novels. But I think I'm actually pretty patient with that. I can tolerate it and I can understand it better if I can clearly see the way that it's being used as a writing device to tell the story in a more effective way. But to me, when the point of view changes were that unclear, it didn't even make sense. There was nothing to gain from that except for sounding pretentious. So, it... Really, this novel just bounced back and forth. 
for me personally, from being this extremely powerful, gripping, emotional story to just being dense and confusing and pushing the reader out of the novel at the times when it should have been drawing you in further. So I I just don't understand it because the emotional content was there. The character development was there. It had all the ingredients of getting a reader extremely emotionally invested in a story, except for the storytelling. It, there were times where it would have benefited so much from just being more simple. And, and for whatever reason, Yanagihara didn't do that. Um, and I can't, for the life of me, figure out why. So honestly, that's another reason why I think I might read this book again a few years from now and see if I just understand it. Another thing that I wanted to mention is, so this book is controversial because of all the awful things that happened to Jude in his childhood. And there are conversations in this book about uh, self-harm, suicide, abusive relationships, a lot of very difficult topics. And you know, what I've read, because I read quite a few reviews about this book before I got into it, because it is pretty popular in, like, the amateur book review community, I guess, uh, because of this controversy. And some people feel that this book kind of exploits trauma for the sake of getting a reaction out of readers like that is kind of lazy writing that instead of writing in a way that is so powerful it will evoke an emotional reaction instead the author just picks something that is extremely you know upsetting and taboo and unexpected and shocking just by its own nature so that they don't really have to write that well And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the people who have read this, um, uh, some of whom, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure at least some people who have written those reviews may have even gone through some of the things that these characters, uh, went through in the book that were traumatic. So I'm not going to sit here and say they're wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say if they felt like Yanagihara was exploiting, trauma in a way to make her book more impactful, or at least to attempt to make her book more impactful. I'm not going to sit here and say those people's feelings are wrong, because that's not how uh, literature and literature interpretation works. (laughs) So I'm I'm not going to do that. Personally, I, I don't think that's exactly what it was. I don't think Yanagihara was trying to exploit trauma just for its shock factor because the way that she wrote about it seemed sensitive enough to me at least and that is that's especially relevant in like the reactions 
of other characters who were not experiencing the traumatic things. So, for example, Jude's hospitalization. While Jude himself would often, you know, downplay the things that he was going through and not seek help, you could see in the reactions of the other characters that, you know, they obviously felt awful for him and they wanted to help him, but they also knew, even though it wasn't his fault, what he was doing wasn't okay. You know, the way that he would refuse help wasn't okay. Not in the sense that they were blaming him for the way he was acting or that they were angry at him or they didn't even want to help him anymore, but it was just like this understanding that the way that he handles what he was going through isn't healthy. So I think anytime an author takes such a nuanced view of something that complicated, it's going to come with a certain degree of sensitivity. So the fact that Yanagahara took the time to make sure to incorporate all those different perspectives um, when talking about these traumatic events, I don't think it's necessarily exploiting the trauma. What I do think is she just tried to put too much into this novel when it, when it, when it came to those difficult topics. I say this because it lost a lot of impact for me by the second half of the novel. And that, I think, is where other people have, you know, gotten the feeling that she might be, you know, exploiting traumatic things because they'll get a reaction out of the reader because it did, after a while, start to feel like, what was the point of putting that in? The story could have, you know, been just as emotional and I would have been just as invested in this character without that happening. So... I don't know if I completely agree with people saying that Yanagahara exploited um, various kinds of trauma to get a reaction out of readers, but I do think there was a little too much. And she she wrote about it in a way that was nuanced. She wrote about it in a way that was sensitive, but it did reach a point to me where it felt like she was trying to include every traumatic event that could possibly happen in someone's life. And and that's what's so difficult is, logically, I understand that there are people in the world who go through multiple traumatic, horrible events in their lives. And that their story should be told. But I don't understand what Yanagahara was trying to get across with all those events in A Little Life. I don't know if she had Jude go through all the things that he went through to try to tell that story, to try to make it clear that, yes, there are people who go through one thing after another and they just cannot catch a break. Um, And that obviously, you know, those events are connected Um, especially if they happen to you when you're a child, you're probably a lot more likely to have something awful happen to you as an adult because you're just not set up to have healthy relationships. Um, 
but I don't know if that's what I'm taking away from this novel. That's my problem. Normally, after I read a novel, I can take something away from it. Even horror novels, which, you know, those aren't really designed to be like these profound... (laughs) Which aren't even really like designed to be these profound uh, novels. They're just designed to be creepy. And you know what? That's fine. I know that A Little Life is trying to be profound. I don't know if it was because I don't know what I got out of it. Am I going to be thinking of this book for a while? Yeah. Do I know what I'm going to be thinking of it? Not really. Did it change my perspective on life? Maybe, but I don't know how. I I can't, I couldn't tell you. And that is so strange for me because normally I I know by the time I finish a book. Normally I even have some inkling of how it's going to affect me halfway through the book. And I was halfway through this novel and I was thinking to myself, I still don't know what I've gotten myself into. So yeah, that's my real complaint here is I don't know what I got out of this. And I completely now understand why this novel is so controversial because it talks about controversial things in a very upfront way. And that I can appreciate because... If Hanya Yanagihara talked about the difficult issues that she did in this book without doing it in such a, I don't want to say, so she did it in a sensitive way, but she didn't sugarcoat it. If she hadn't done that, then I think it would have been extremely irresponsible for her to write about the things that she did. Uh, I then I would absolutely agree that she was, you know, exploiting uh, trauma and how it affects people and using it just as a plot device. But she didn't. She did, you know, include things that were hard to read. And I know that she did that on purpose to make it more realistic. Um, But I, I, I don't know what the takeaway from all of that is. I can't tell you how reading this book changed me and the way that I view things and I mean I I don't know about you but for me personally that is how I view you know the effectiveness of a novel and of an author's writing is if I can tell you how it's either changed me or changed how I view something even if it's really small even if the only way it's changed me is you know it, it was entertaining. Uh, I don't know how I felt while I was reading this book, to be totally honest with you. I don't know how I felt when I'm, when I finished it days and days ago. I don't know how I feel now. So that, I guess, would be my pitch for reading it. Proceed with extreme caution because it's not a light read. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Normally, I can give you a much more like definitive review and, and what I thought of it and, you know, what I took away from it. But I don't think this is that kind of novel. I, and I don't, I don't know what else to say on it, honestly. So yeah, that is, uh, that is it for this week. Um, just, you know, Okay, I completely forgot what my ending was for a second there. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's my takeaway from this book is I just, there's nothing left going on in my brain. 
Um, <laughs> okay, uh, well, I will have another episode coming out, not next week, but the week after. Um, if you want to find me on social media where I will update you about things related to this podcast and my other work, you can find me on Instagram at Selena Rivernider or on YouTube. My channel is under the same name, Selena Rivernider. And that's it. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening. <laughs>